0: Welcome to Our Backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42.
1: You know, I know this steak doesn't exist. I know... That when I put it in my mouth, the Matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious. After nine years, you know what I realize? Ignorance is bliss. And to this episode we're gonna be talking about the matrix, simulation theory, multi universe theory, does heaven and hell exist? What's the point of living if everything we know is just an endless circle? But before we get into that, Nick, how you doing? What are you drinking?
0: I'm doing good. I'm drinking some coffee and whiskey.
1: That sounds wonderful. I may have to get caffeine soon myself. But, Nick, like I said earlier, we are talking about simulation theory, multi-universe theory, which will probably lead us to heaven and hell. And off the bat, Nick, I have to say, all this is a bit confusing and a bit depressing, if you ask me.
0: Definitely. Definitely Uh, really took me some time to i would say figure it out but i'm not sure i'm there yet but before i get too far into it what are you drinking mike
1: oh yes i am drinking some buffalo trace and maybe doing some energy drink if i out of the corner of my eye i see some so whiskey and energy drink in the future supposedly
0: so simulation theory
1: oh we're diving straight into it you got it all right we're
0: diving straight into it what
1: do you know about the simulation theory
0: i guess a lot let me just <laughs> figure out where to start um or maybe not a lot who knows
1: maybe we should set it up of what is the simulation theory
0: okay so the simulation theory as as far as i understand is that we are in some type of program created by someone else and whether that be for information purposes or just entertainment purposes we'll kind of get to that later but that's kind of the basis of the idea i guess without diving too far into it does that does that make sense is that kind of what you think it is mike
1: um. Yes. I mean, the example for simulation theory that pops in my head the most is the world's a video game. A complex, coded video game with rules and uh, paths, traits, characteristics, evolutions. It's uh, There's a lot of similarities to a video game to simulation theory, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, so one of the things that I was reading about for simulation theory is the way they design video games is video games are designed to optimize whatever they're presenting in front of you right so if you're you know walking into a room in a video game the entire world isn't in that video game it's only showing what you can see so it doesn't have to load all that data not everything is immediately there you know and you've kind of seen this i'm sure playing video games when you run out of a room too fast and everything outside is kind of it's not completely rendered. It's uh, blocky shapes. There's no texture, stuff like that. And that's kind of how you know, video games are made. Not everything is there, right? So it's not just sitting there waiting for you to come across it. You're only seeing what is in front of you.
1: Yes, and for those thinking, well, if multiple people in the world can see and video and stream, et cetera, et cetera. well, you might have to brighten your horizons. Maybe what can render is currently... What the universe boundaries are currently in space maybe that's the rendering distance
0: yeah or even less than that so something that so if we are in a simulated universe everything is made up of information of some kind of data that's being collected or or used dna which makes up you know pretty much everything that's alive is essentially just like a long chain of numbers really that could be code it's building blocks it's memory store it's not memory storage it's so dna is this information storage or maybe it's our code of who we are right and then everything else in our world you know our quote-unquote simulation that's not alive it's made up well we're everything's made up of atoms and atoms as we all know are predominantly empty space which is exactly the kind of material you'd want to build a world out of to save rendering data to save, you know, strain on computers, make it easier for to create this world. And so that's some of the things that people are looking at and saying this is all simulation. And there's a lot more things, but Mike, did I explain that well enough? Does that do you understand that?
1: I understand it, but you did not explain that well enough. Okay. I know I've It's a compli No, it's a complicated I- topic it's easy to throw around and the memes are everywhere but what it actually is is complex so before we get to rendering distance because i want to touch on that let's start simple like you said with the dna that's a perfect place to start nick with your code no one way or the other you listening right now your dna is your code we can we can literally copy and paste you aka cloning aka just like duplicating a character in a video game, we can do that. And that code is what we copy and paste. That code is the ones and zeros that make up a video game character. Your height, weight, color, uh what you're susceptible to, what you're not susceptible to. It's like playing Skyrim where you're setting up all your characteristics. Like, are you lucky? Are you charismatic? Are you good at talking? Are you are you physically fit? Et cetera, et cetera. That's the same thing as DNA. It's just That took over what we think is a long time. And I assume we'll touch on time a little bit later, both for simulation and multi-universe theory. But sticking with your base code, your code, its DNA, as complex as it is, is not that complex. We can manipulate it. We can play around with it. I would wager we could probably even make our own DNA of creatures that never existed before. Not saying you should, but you know, there might be a universe where we've done that. Da-dun-sh. Now, with that rendering distance, I disagree with what only you see and connect to is what is perceived in the world. I take a um, take a sandbox game. I can have a large, large scale. That might be the same for our universe if it is a simulation theory. And ladies and gentlemen, According to mathematicians, it's about a 50-50 shot if this is a sim- if we're in a simulation or not. Rendering distance, to me, might be a whole set area. So as the game, aka our universe, our lives, grow, expand as we explore more, much like Minecraft, the farther you walk, the more the world loads. That might be the same with the universe. Hence why the universe is infinite and space is ever expanding. So our view... Our rendering distance might be what we perceive as infinite, but might not be infinite outside the simulation. We might have a set amount of data, like a game can only have so much gigabytes. Might be the same for us, because we won't, as much as detailed everything is, we could be coded in to see the world through horse blinders, to see the world through different lenses that we can't tell things are rough and blocky. We just perceived through that detail and for those thinking there's no way we're in a video game look how much video games have advanced in the last decade we can make entire worlds with earth grasses trees nature seasons everything affecting other things you can have different storylines different communications different traits all these things that we mimic in the game world of our lives could be a game mimicking a game so to speak so in short that we are being a like nick said a case study a game a i i i don't know and maybe maybe a dream but simply running around doing things that humanity's already been pre-programmed to do or simply they set up a baseline code for the universe and just hit run and let everything bump into each other, and expand upon itself. I think that clarifies a little bit more. I could be mistaken. I could have been completely wrong. But what do you think, Nick?
0: I think that definitely clarified what I was trying to get across. And I don't think anyone's, if you don't already really understand this, we're probably not the best ones to explain it beyond what we did. Um, but I think we can probably talk more about what like, what that means you know i don't know how deep down into it we can get that other people can't who actually have like mathematics degrees and and all that stuff but i don't know
1: well nick as a person who has a minor in mathematics no I, I i kid i kid um no nick i i the math behind it i haven't really looked into i've actually been thinking more about the philosophy end on that first if we live in a simulation uh, i don't know if you want to jump to that quite yet but where do you want to go with this
0: Yeah, I was going to move towards philosophy unless you want to expand and sound like you want to talk about rendering distance and the speed of light.
1: Yes. So funny, funny meme meme I came across of. The speed of light is simply how fast the simulation is rendering. It's, It's its buffering speed, which could be true. We could eventually, if something beats the speed of light, that becomes something we can manipulate or measure. Maybe they're upgraded their internet which is quite scary. But simulation theory does kind of support how the universe is infinite and how space is ever expanding. Think, I, again, I think Minecraft is the best example. If, for those who don't know, playing Minecraft, um, you spawn into a world. The world is set made of blocks. blocks. Uh, if you take a block, say, going west, you slowly add onto that world one block, and it keeps going and keeps going the same way. Our universe could be the same way. Or maybe our universe is on a timepiece where the space will finally reach a certain distance and then start to collapse on itself. Or simply the space and universe that we know will forever expand, making everything too far away to ever explore each other and we all disappear into utter darkness. So, not great. Not great, that's, uh, that's for sure. And again, we use complex simulations To figure out social cues, to figure out what would happen if we did so and such in an X environment. It's not unreasonable to think that we would do it to a different species or a different species would do it to us. Simply start a simple program, much like we talked about in uh, a a couple other episodes of our podcast where you write some basic code, a couple rules, and then you just hit go and they will build entire worlds upon themselves. With seven lines of code, you can make a complex city inside of a world. So why is it any different that we think some extra lines that we could make everything we see and hear around us? It's uh, I think that leads perfectly into philosophy, and Nick, I feel like I've been rambling on a little bit. So where do you personally stand on the simulation theory?
0: I don't know. I'd say... um so the book I read was The Simulation Hypothesis by Rizwan Verk And he says he, and this guy wrote a book on it, but he says he believes it's anywhere between 50 to 100. And I could see that. But I also, this is the same thing with multiverse and, and heaven and hell. And if we are in a simulation, it doesn't really change anything for me personally. So I don't, it's not like I'm throwing my hat in this ring and, and betting on it. It's if I say I do or don't it really doesn't matter to me how i live my life i guess so
1: (laughs) you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't
0: (laughs) yeah but i don't know i can definitely see it what about you
1: i think for me i'm torn i think it's around 50 percent or less that the simulation theory actually exists even though it would explain a lot of things like determinism and do we have free will etc and simply on that basis i don't want it to exist i might be projecting my own emotions onto this theory because i i don't want it to exist i if it does exist i want to be able to hack the code which i assume we'll talk about but it's simulation theory is real determinism therefore is real therefore free will dies with a on switch and that
0: i don't i don't know if it does though
1: oh it completely does
0: uh oh i will we'll get to it ah, i I don't think so i think so i guess the, the better question i think besides do you think if we're living do you think we're living in a simulation or not would be what kind of simulation do you think we are living in do you think we're living in like an entertainment simulation or like um some kind of science experiment simulation if i had to
1: guess and had to make a wager i would be i would say we're in a simulation that doesn't matter i would say one i disagree with you if i believe if simulation is real then free will does not exist uh but no i would say the simulation if this is a simulation it's just run of the mill there's probably thousands others just i don't i don't think our our universe is it's infinitely special to us but from an outside perspective i can see it being a speck on the wall so to speak does that make sense
0: Right, you're gonna run if you're if it's part of an experiment. You're gonna run multiple simulations to see what answer comes up the most.
1: Yes, almost like a Black Mirror episode of doing something over and over again. Everyone think it's real and horrible, and turns out to be just a com- computer gone crazy. What about you, Nick? Where do you stand if the simulation theory is real?
0: If it is real, I think we're in. Um, ...a simulation called an Ancestor Simulation, where the the people who made the simulation are like us. They're humans, humanoids, um, uh, maybe humans even. And they wanted to know how society got to that point. Because we can't go back in time and see how humans evolved, but if we run enough simulations... Cert- with certain variables and certain things keep coming up, we can see kind of the history of the species.
1: That is a very optimistic way to think about it.
0: And so looking at it through that lens, I think that we still have free will because they the simulation is c- trying to see how we as a society work and how the planet works and how the species works.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with two of those, both those statements. A, I really like the idea that it's just a humanoid Going back, uh, doing simulations to figure out how we got here from, so to speak, from ancestors. We would have to be able to do that pretty soon, because I imagine within the next five hundred years, what we think is human won't exist anymore. But to me, to watching a simulation is much like machine learning, where say you have a maze and you just send in a bunch of drones, and every time they crash on the drone, they mark a place on the wall, and you keep running that over and over again until you get your desired outcome. That's a simulation. And that seems the same for your simulation, which to me sounds like it's not free will. You're just running it so many times till you get your desired outcome.
0: Or you're figuring out what variables change things. So maybe someone like the man in the high castle, where there's one simulation where the allies win. That's the one that we know. And there's another simulation where the Axis wins. Which is what the whole thing was based on.
1: Yeah, that more favors my argument than yours, because you know, with changing these three things, you can predetermine the future.
0: You can predetermine the larger story arc, but you can't predetermine what the individual people are going to do.
1: Oh, I disagree with that. I disagree with a complex system where you study what a again, if we're this is a simulation. This has been a simulation since the beginning of time. So you can you have enough data points, enough pathways to figure out what people will do, what their chemical levels are. I, I disagree. I bet you could, on an individually level, even today with some video game, video game characters, you can determine exactly what you could do if you try to make them random.
0: With our technology, yes. But I, I think in the future, the technology is going to be so far beyond that you can program free will into these simulations. I don't know. I, because here's the thing. If you, already, if you already know everything that's going to happen, then why run the simulation?
1: Exactly. If we all know the end of the story, which we all die, what's the purpose? Now, and also to answer your question, uh, what you just said there, Nick, about um, more advanced technology putting in free will, we would have to discover what free will is, and we would also have to realize that up to this point, we wouldn't have free will. It would, Free will would have to come at a later point based on your logic.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's hurting my brain. Um, so something that I did want to bring up, is uh of why i think what if the simulation is like uh it's kind of plays into the heaven and hell thing kind of like testing us right so at the testing each person so simulating a world and seeing how they interact decide you know where they go in next in society which is kind of what people have talked about um you know who have near-death experiences you know they see the light they are being they see their life flash before their eyes oftentimes they see their life flash before their eyes from a different point of view like you know if they were beating someone up they would see it from that person's perspective or something which and a lot of people think that that is a sign that we're living in a simulated world because that everything was recorded so who's keeping those recordings and for what
1: I'm happy you brought this up because I thought of the same thing. Of Whether you're with Hinduism with reincarnation or you're uh, Western with uh, heaven and hell, just a trial period for the simulation to figure out where your final destination is. It kind of makes sense to me of you don't really know a person until you run it through their entire life. But if that is true... Therefore, people are inherently born good or evil. And if you're inherently born good or evil, you will know by the base code. So that would, unfortunately, unvalidate the argument. But it does make sense to me that you'd have a trial run in the real world before going to a different plate. Well, not real world. This world, this plane, whatever this plane is. we'll call it plan, We'll call it plane A. And if you do a trial run to figure out if you want to go to the good place or bad place... It means this is a simulation. If you know the simulation, it means you can look at the code. If you look at the code, you can see if the person's gonna be good or bad, which is unfortunate, because now now I'm having a lot more questions than answers there, Nick.
0: Right, and that's we're not gonna solve it here, because that's a question that's been asked since the beginning of religion, right? Like, um, you know, people would often ask, you know, like Jesus, like if God knows everything. Then he knows if I'm like going to heaven or hell or, um, you know, or not uh, like the disciples and stuff. People would often ask anyone in religion, like, you know, if God created me, he created me this way to go this way. So like no matter what I do, I'm already predisposed to go to heaven or go to hell. So what's the point?
1: I just, I just had the realization that my thought process of heaven, what I personally believe heaven is, fits quite nicely in the simulation theory which is, I think we're going to need more booze here, Nick.
0: So what do you think of heaven?
1: To me, I always thought Earth, this plane we're existing on, is much like uh, a farmer and a garden. Kind of Garden of Eden kind of situation where a farmer can put the seeds in, can toil the ground, can water, can weed, can prune. He can do a lot to help the best plants grow. But no mo- no matter what, with that much power, you still can't choose when the flower will actually bloom. You can't choose if every plant is going to produce good tasting fruit. And you could genetically engineer the plant to maybe change the blooming system or have a higher chances of fruit. But no matter how much you toil, no matter how much you work, that farmer can't control every aspect. Much like If a kid bought an ant farm, the kid is a god to the ants. He can put the ants in a, you know, the the sandy clear container, can put the food in, the water in, could try to make tunnels for them, but at the end of the day, it's the ants' choices to tunnel which way to actually eat if they want to eat. So you can do so much and have so much power, but yet some of it's out of your hands. And that's much like a simulation, I guess. A much, much like God has ultimate power, but ultimate power isn't powerful enough, so to speak. Does does that make sense? My prediction of Earth with God, of you know, God doing having all this power like a gardener has for his garden, but yet there's some variables even that gardener can't control. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. No. I I, I get what you're trying to say. That.
1: Yeah. That that to me that just. Kind of ties into simulation theory where, and with heaven, if God is all powerful and he can write the base code and stuff like that. Well, I mean, t- t- take a look at um, coders for video game characters. For those video game characters, for that video game, the coders are gods. There's no way about it. Com- for those video game characters, a coder is a god. And no matter how powerful that coder is, there's gonna be some errors, um, the device, has some missing electronics or isn't perfect isn't a superconductor etc etc even though that coder has ultimate power there are still errors when i guess that's kind of how we can explain how humans might get cancer or someone might get hit by a car it's there it's so much power into a simulation but yet there can still be errors or things like that or if we want to go even deeper nick things to progress a story maybe there's a storyline that we don't see and the simulation just simply playing it out perhaps it's not a simulation for science experiment but a simulation for entertainment
0: yeah no i definitely agree and i think you know you're using um you know, saying bad code for the bad things that happen but i tend to i could think of that first in the matrix and they're talking about the very first matrix where everything was great and the humans very quickly figured it out And so I think there's something about humans that just look at like in day to day life. When you're having like a really good day, you know, there's something coming like (laughs) something's going to bring you back down. Right. You know. And uh, so part of me, and I definitely think that's true. I think humans.
1: No good deed goes unpunished.
0: Don't want. know that not everything can be good because you know i'm sure everyone hears this all the time but to have your highest highs you also have to have low lows if everything is high then nothing is high right like it's the balance that makes things great you know so we can't all just be in the backyard being served beer uh like billy madison but all the time and which is why i think there is strife right like we know that there needs to be some kind of strife but i'm also curious like for i don't know what purposes it's getting a little bit off topic but we're talking about like heaven and hell humans we really are obsessed with hell right like there's all these books written on it people always imagine it it's been part of the culture for a while but heaven no one really talks about because it's it's kind of boring which i feel like isn't really heaven Heaven shouldn't be boring, right? But it's kind of the way it is. And so it something about heaven just doesn't seem right. After reading all this, it's like, wait a minute. Everything is perfect?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I guess, like you said, like you said, with the, if you, you need your highs for your lows, or else everything averages out, and there is no such thing as highs, and you don't feel anything. I mean, look at people who have everything handed to them their entire lives. Rich, famous children who, loving parents, a lot of money, still end up, depressed they'll end up with drug problems etc etc it doesn't matter if everything's perfect perhaps the imperfect is perfect and i love how you emphasize how we all talk about hell and not heaven i didn't think about that until you brought that up but everyone's everyone's hell is different because goddamn human imagination is really wonderful and we're really good at coming up with some terrible way to hurt everyone I, I believe uh Jordan Peterson had a quote, can't quite remember it and can't quite phrase it perfectly, so bear with me, but hell's the reason why hell is a bottomless pit because some dumb motherfucker like you could always make it worse. And it's true. <laughs> Human stupidity has no bound. So I guess hell is a bottomless pit.
0: Yeah. And what's crazy is the the time of hell, right? Like so we're in this, you know, like world, our world that we interact in for uh, average like what 78 years or something but when you go to hell you're actually there for like an eternity so it doesn't seem it's just it's a weird concept that your actions for 30 years you know if you don't make it all the way are going to have such a such an impact on the next world simulation whatever you want to call it that it's going to ruin your life for eternity but it is crazy and something that you know maybe i don't know where where exactly this came from but a lot of the major religions all have something about a life after death even if that's reincarnation or some kind of heaven or hell and now obviously everyone needs a way to explain death right but everyone every religion creates also some kind of karma system like some kind of score keeping like you would have in a video game right like you know the hindu religion the eastern religions they actually have karma but you know, in like Christianity, you have sins that detract from your place, and everything is assigned a points of value, which is definitely something taken straight out of a video game, right?
1: It seems like it. it. Definitely does. And I want to bring back something you said there, Nick, where you're only on this planet for 70 odd years, but hell is infinite. It might be because time's relative, where, well, how did I better inside put it? Spending an hour with politicians feels like eternity. Spending an hour with a beautiful woman feels like it goes by in a second. Could be that kind of, uh, atrospic. I mean, if you're in hell for 70 years, I imagine that's got to feel like eternity. Or perhaps what we think of what time is isn't true. Or maybe after set time period, you get to go release from hell to somewhere else. Or maybe that's where reincarnation comes in. You pay your time like a like a prisoner and then you get sent back to earth to try again and you see if you can make it again if not you, the cycle just continues and repeats.
0: Yeah, that's definitely, you know, that's uh isn't that Hinduism, right, with reincarnation where depending on how many points you have, you come back as something better or worse?
1: Yeah, but they're not going to hell like a prisoner and spending a sentence.
0: True. So that's more like purgatory. Yes. So purgatory for those of you who don't know cuz I didn't know this either. It's not like the waiting room in between heaven and hell. It's actually, it's like you were good enough to go to heaven, but you also sinned. So you got to spend some time here to make and be tortured and punished for your sins. And then you can go to heaven. So
1: what, Nick, you're telling me you don't want to be chased by the Leviathan in purgatory for a couple decades.
0: It doesn't sound the greatest. Also, wouldn't be surprised if I wound up there.
1: (laughs) Just to know what a Leviathan looks like might not be the worst thing in the world. Just to, just for once, just a glimpse to see what an actual Leviathan looks like if they're real.
0: Is that worth like 300 years of torture?
1: Well, depends. Do I get an opportunity to escape? Because this this is kind of way off topic and I'll, I'll bring it back, I swear. But is it better to be the king of hell or the lowest angel in heaven? Because there's no wiggle room. If I... If I if I go to hell, I can become king. If I go to heaven, I'm stuck wherever they put me. Just food for thought.
0: Well, and but if you go to hell, Gambo's your president and, <laughs>
1: and you don't want that. <laughs> Clayton Clayton for president. Uh for those wondering what the hell we're talking about, we're talk we're referencing another podcast that we both very much enjoy. Uh but it's with the simulation it could be a could a simulation could be each heaven and hell exists for every different culture so based on what you believe in is where you go so like your base code is all on this earth and then as you further on your experience you go through a door based on how you lived your life or stuff like that and based on your paths you get an alternate ending and that chooses whether you get reincarnated and then based on whether you had good karma or bad karma you go to heaven or hell vice and you know continues and continues it's like a game with multiple endings it's very similar you choose if you're the good guy or bad guy when i can see i can kind of see our world being like that but unfortunately again i think if the simulation theory is real then determinism is real
0: but we also kind of think determinism is likely anyway, so...
1: I reject your reality and substitute my own because I, even if I'm predetermined to not believe in determinism, I still rather be a fool with hope than a sad man with knowledge. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, Nick, ignorance is bliss.
0: No, you're not wrong. Uh, Definitely agree. I don't want to live in a world where or I don't want to know I live in a world where everything is predetermined. I'd rather have the illusion of free will.
1: Honestly, what's the point if everything's predetermined? I, I guess we'll uh, maybe we'll talk about the meaning of life towards the end of the podcast. But Nick, what if I told you everything we just talked about and discussed, every single theory, every single possibility, they were all true?
0: I would believe you.
1: Hey, maybe maybe you're joining me. See, i don't believe in the simulation theory but i do believe in the multi-universe theory to me the physics behind it makes a little bit more sense maybe it's because i'm more of a physicist than i am a programmer so for those who don't know the multi-universe theory it's a fractorial theory pretty much where if i flip a coin one universe it'll land on heads the other universe it will land on tails and that splits off and then In universe A, universe B, that was just created by flipping a coin, the same thing happens. Same thing happens. Same thing happens. But with every single variable in every single universe. So it is affinity to the power of infinity. So it's quite exponential of how many times a new universe is created. An infinite universe is made within zero amount of time. It, well... That is true for an infinite amount of universes, but not all infinite universes. Yes. So I like the, uh, the multi-universe theory because it physically makes sense to me. I'll explain a little bit more Schrödinger's cat, and that might relate a little bit more. But Nick, how do you feel and what do you know about the multi-universe theory?
0: I mean, pretty much what you said. To me, it seems like multi-universe theory and simulation theory are two sides to the same coin. Personally, but I don't know. Uh,
1: I disagree. Well, I infinitely disagree with that statement. Infinitely agree with that statement. <laughs> uh, for, it is true. For an infinite amount of universes, the simulation theory, how we picture it, is true. But for an infinite amount of universes, that is not true. So I guess...
0: So couldn't... I guess my question is... So th- there's a lot of things that people use to explain the simulation theory and the multi-universe theory. So, oh my gosh, what's the guy's name who did, who wrote Blade Runner and Total Recall? Is it like Charles Dick or something? Uh, sure. Okay. Anyway, uh, the guy who wrote Blade Runner, the book, he... Philip Dick. W- Philip Dick. I knew there was a dick in there. <laughs> you know your dicks. God. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he th- this is kind of crazy so he was kind of brought uh simulation theory into kind of mainstream with his books and movies and, and stuff like that he personally thought he was able to see into other simulations uh so for example he did an interview when he was talking about jfk being killed and they're saying they one of his movies is kind of about this kind of thing with um like total recall where the guy was in like in the bathroom or something i can't remember exactly and these adjusters were coming in to change the variables in the world but he every everyone else in his office was frozen and they were changing things but he was able to move around so he knew that things had been changed but obviously no one would believe him and he thought that he had been in other his wife his wife said that he thought he had been in other simulations where they change variables for example like he was the one who wrote the man in the high castle he thought he for a while was in a world or was able to visit a world where the nazis won world war ii as well as and this is one that i thought was i don't know funny but definitely kind of interesting he thought that he had been another simulation or they had changed the variables in the simulation to where try to keep jfk alive but no matter what variables they changed he kept getting killed It wasn't always in Dallas. It was in other places as well. But I've heard it used to explain simulation theory and multiverse theory to people. Because those things all could have happened in either of those theories, I guess.
1: That is correct. And I do find it a little bit hilarious how you keep trying to set something so it doesn't happen. And it keeps happening over and over again. It's like a a dark comedy, I guess. So funny enough, having... Like, you know, people come in and move stuff around, it made me think of the movie The Adjustment Bureau. And fun fact, hey Nick, he wanna guess what that short story, who the author of that short story is?
0: Is that Philip Dick? Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yep. Instead of Total Recall.
1: Yep. No, well, it he did write Total Recall as well. Uh so Philip Dick is uh it's pretty good with the Multi-universe and different universes and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, if I remember correctly from the movie, I haven't read the book, but uh, the men who come in and change things so they happen the way they want them to are angels. So kind of uniting heaven and simulation and coders and religion and science all together. But I would have to say as an overall, the multi-universe theory is the father company and underneath the umbrella, it would be simulation theory. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I see that. i I also agree that simulation theory, I, I think falls under the multiverse theory.
1: For those, um, who, who are still a little confused about multiverse theory, we all heard the, unfortunately, I he, I don't think he was happy that he was remember this way or could be something else, but Sroninger's cat, Put a cat in the box with the poison and you don't know if it's alive or dead. Well, and you open it up, it means the cat's alive, it means another universe infinitely gets created where the cat's dead. So everything you do has an equal and opposite reaction, and that equal and opposite reaction causes multiple, multiple universes. I guess the best way to explain it is imagine an endless field of bubble wrap. Every little bubble on that bubble wrap is an entire universe, and every time one little thing is changed—I mean, if you breathe in a different amount of atoms, or you move your pencil a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right—creates an entire new universe, and that's done an infinite amount of times for infinite amount of reasons, for infinite amount of possibilities, and each one of those infinite amount of universes have an infinite amount of the same laws and infinite amount of different laws so it's it's kind of luck of the draw you have a one infinity chance of getting the best universe possible
0: and i think something that i didn't completely understand when i first got into the multiverse theory is it's not completely like okay so i'm just branching off from one, you know coin flip or something there's infinite universes that have different laws of physics and all that kind of stuff. Like it's not just each decision branches off a new universe.
1: Yeah. The speed of light might not be the highest thing. It might be the slowest thing in a universe. It, everything you could possibly think of changes when, I don't know if you came across this, Nick, cause I had a hard time how to test this theory, how to peep into a different universe. I don't even know if that's possible. If you could universe hop, I I hope it's possible because I hope we can do that in this universe or another universe can do it to our universe. But everything that we know of grows in size. You have the atom, then you have molecule, then you have material, then you have a planet, then you have a solar system, then a solar system, then you have a galaxy, galaxy, you have the universe. Why would it stop with just a universe? Why would there not be a, God, I can't even, I, I don't think there's a word for it. Imagine that every galaxy that we know in the universe is a different universe, just on a universal scale. I'm saying the word universe a lot, and I don't think it's conveying what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, I think it's also just hard to convey how big a universe is, just in general, let alone try multiple of them.
1: Well, there are maybe an infinite amount of universes where universes are tiny. Like um, Dr. Seuss, Horton Hears a Who, there's a... Entire universe on a flower, entire world on a flower, then an entire world outside of it. it. Could be a very similar thing for both simulation and for multi-universe theory.
0: So is Dr. Seuss the Philip Dick to the simulation theory? <laughs> or multi-universe theory? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Someone needs to turn Philip Dick's books into Dr. Seuss's books. I would a hundred percent read those.
0: So is there a universe? where dr seuss is the the oh. philip dick
1: there's there's an infinite amount of universes nick where that's a yes me and you are both female lesbian couple
0: way to be the only person to ruin the term lesbian for me
1: <laughs> the title of this episode could be <laughs> mike throws wrenches at nick oh. no no it, it's it's True, Nick. I can I can make it far far worse if you like.
0: No, we're good. We can leave it at that.
1: You sure?
0: Oh, I'm sure.
1: Ugh. But no. Imagine. Imagine. Maybe that's what heaven is. When you die. All right. So for those who don't know, there are more than four dimensions. We're still trying to figure out how many dimensions. I think the Harvey Weinstein came up with eighteen dimensions for his newest theory. Um. Maybe when you die. One of your parts from that other dimension goes to a different universe or a different dimension. And that's your heaven or hell. So maybe, maybe there's only a set amount of universes. So say Y-Z say was right with 18 universes, right? I, I, it's not 18 universes. 18 dimensions. Well, we already live in a four-dimensional world. Well, three-dimensional with the fourth variable we're still trying to figure out. The three dimensions being X, Y, and Z. The fourth dimension being time and we're still trying to figure out what time is that's i don't want to talk about time time what time is hurts my head but anyhow with those other say say 16 dimensions maybe those are based on how you live in this world where you fall into the other universes or much like Philip Dick you can switch between them your consciousness so maybe what you dream is actually a universe that you're peeping into and when someone's adjusting one universe, you they transfer your consciousness into a different universe. And sometimes not everyone's code transfers over. So that is a strong possibility. And I can see that playing into the simulation theory more than the multi universe theory. So there'd be 16 universes. Well, se- seven, it'd be no, it'd be 15 universes because the one we're already living in, and then 14 other universes that we that we could somehow fall in between or skip into or sometimes see in and out of through different modes of consciousness, through perhaps um, drugs, perhaps when we die. Maybe, maybe that's a possibility.
0: Yeah. I mean, that seems like kind of just put, I don't know. It makes sense, but I feel like it's hard to go like all like all in on the multiverse if you're not that you need to go all in but it seems like you're just kind of like maybe i don't know
1: yeah i wouldn't um i wouldn't well actually that's not true i do technically bet my life on that so i believe in heaven and hell because of a mathematical reason it's not because i'm a good person hence probably why i'm going to hell but it's a two thirds odd favor if you believe in heaven and hell versus when you don't believe in heaven and hell So if you believe in heaven and hell and there is no heaven and hell, it doesn't matter. It's nothing. It's zero. Goose eggs. If you believe in heaven and hell and there is a heaven and you do good, you go to heaven. I count that as a positive. If you don't believe in heaven and hell and there's a hell and you end up going to hell, that's a negative. So it seems like much more favorable, statistic-wise, to believe in heaven and hell.
0: I don't know if you ran across this. Um, I don't remember exactly the numbers. But something like 68% of Americans believe in heaven, but only like 40-something percent believe in hell.
1: I did not come across that. And that... What? (laughs) How can... I don't understand how you can believe in one and not the other.
0: Well, because most people want to go to heaven. But there's... It's yin and yang. I think it's just optimism.
1: Oh, optimism. How I wish I had you.
0: Right? Like, people... Like, yeah, there's probably like a heaven. That's probably where we're all going. They have
1: to have they have to be ignorant right ignorance is bliss if you if you believe in heaven but not hell right that's that's got to be complete horse blinders right I
0: don't know, I don't know what questions were asked, but I think but that's I think how most people act right like it seems like most people act that there's only a heaven, so I don't think it's that weird that people think that there's only a heaven or that hell maybe is only for really, really, really bad people
1: i agree with the latter not so much the first part i don't think people only act like there is a heaven well no yeah i i yeah
0: people only act like there's a heaven change my mind
1: okay that's easy so people are still dicks even even if uh they only believe in heaven i would say people only are acting good and nice not just because they believe in heaven but I would say it's a societal pressure and it's your outside factors are playing upon in your life and you want to fit into the tribe more. And since we grew up as tribes, small tribes, you want to not get kicked out of the tribe. So based on societal structures and how you were raised, you want to fit into that niche slash lane much more. So you act how others act, and you act as a community, which is quote unquote good and heavenly in most people's eyes, even though good and evil is just based on what side of the fence you're on there is no such thing as good or evil it's just what side you're on so can you heaven, ooh that brings up a question can heaven hell or hell exist because good and evil is is an opinion unless we live in a simulation where heaven or hell is decided by outside factor like a video game like you mentioned really like that analogy nick or in informal universes where it's determined what good and or evil is who knows? Maybe killing a lot of people and, and it, well, actually it is true. Multiple universe theory, if it is true. In an infant universe, killing as many people as you can is a good thing. For those listening, do not do that. I repeat, do not do that.
0: And we're banned.
1: And if we're not already Can't
0: say shit like that this year, Mike.
1: If we're not already banned, we're if we're gonna keep on going, baby. There's nothing that can stop this train. Choo-choo! But no, I. how can heaven and hell exist? Alright, let's just
0: one without the other
1: well that too but let's just say we're focusing on this universe and it's a simulation to go over to heaven or hell or it's multi-dimensions where we can go to heaven well take away the multi theory for for a second if good and evil is simply on which side of the fence you're on or simply what you truly believe in then there is no such thing as good or evil so therefore there's no such thing as heaven or hell or how are you determined to go to heaven or hell? Is it a societal thing where others judge you? Is it like Anubis where they weigh your heart against a feather?
0: I don't know. I do know that good will always or evil will always triumph over good because good is dumb.
1: Evil always prevails when a few good men decide to do nothing.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that was a Spaceballs quote, so. <laughs> I missed, missed it. it. My bad. Um, My bad. No, Well, I think, okay, so I listened to a little bit of, more like religious scholars talk about heaven and hell so i guess i the what i'm thinking is a little bit more influenced by religion like you were talking about good and bad whereas like there's a lot of things that you know when jesus came down to earth he's explicitly said like what is good and bad so we can measure against that and i think that's like for what the catholic religion measures against and then i don't know how the hindus how they keep track because i know that's where that's when they have um it's jainist right like the offshoot of the hindus where they're so conscious of everything they do they wear masks so they don't uh accidentally swallow insects they sweep with the stick so they don't disturb any insects like they're very their every little impact is measured which is kind of like do you ever watch the good place i have okay do you watch where they go into the accounting room and they add up all the everything that you do
1: yeah yeah
0: i love that scene because i think because i think that's something that people get distracted with today so for those of you who don't know the the, this has been out for a while so we're not spoiling anything but if you want to watch it tune out for a little bit these people go to heaven or no they go to hell sorry and they're trying to make it appear that they're in heaven when in reality it's their own hell and they kind of figure out something's wrong they break into like the accounting department where they tally up all the sins to figure out who goes to heaven and hell and it's kind of like um they they first they talk to a guy on earth who saw behind the curtain right like he got high and he figured out the whole point system and so he spent his entire life trying to make up the point system well no one had been admitted into heaven since what was it, like the medieval times something like that because everything we do is so like has so many different negative impacts so like oh one this person bought their groceries from this store and it wasn't cert, like certified sustainable you know it has it actually had dolphin in it so they're going to hell there's so many little choices that we don't even know the consequences of our action that the deck is stacked against us And I think that's exactly what you're going for. I definitely agree, Mike, that it depends who is judging. And I think, you know, different religions, most of them lay down specific rules of what you can and can't do. Not that there's a point system where, you know, not killing someone is worth plus 10 and killing someone is worth like minus whatever. But so there's some sort of framework that's been laid out for these different religions. Um, But yeah, it, you know, it's, uh, It differs from religion to religion too so we don't really know exactly but also that's something that different people reported in their near-death experiences of some like a point system or tallies of score of of things they did and didn't so that's something that kind of i don't know i think that's leads into being a simulation right like this score keeping people keep reporting but you know who knows what people are what the brain does when it's deprived of oxygen if we might be basing all this on just a brain that's missing some things.
1: Very true. So three things, what you said. One, uh, being what happens to all the people before those rules were written out, like the Babylonians and such like that. Two, which religion is right, which is a whole...
0: <laughs> uh, the correct answer was Mormons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and thirdly, I've never heard of near-death experiences in the tally marks i've never heard of that which i am extremely interested now because i i've always heard like my laugh before my eyes i changed because i realized i was doing a lot of bad things or i realized where i was going to end up going i never heard of tally marks if that i i i don't know if anyone who's ever told me that or said that so that's completely new to me
0: no it's in the simulation hypothesis book i don't know if they said tally but they definitely said scorekeeping some kind of scorekeeping
1: yeah that's the same thing
0: but yeah that's where i got that from
1: the, this whole multiverse theory and simulation theory and heaven and hell always leads to more questions than answers so imagine now, oh boy nick should i piss off a lot of people
0: that seems to be the theme of our recent episodes
1: all right and for a penny and for a pound nick said it was okay everyone so if you have any problems, uh, talk to Nick on social media, which you can find us on Backyard Philosophy on Instagram or anywhere you listen to podcasts. But maybe the quote-unquote rule book to score tally marks, the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, was made by people who were cheated and tried to look inside the code. Maybe much like, uh, uh, much like uh, the Good Place, where the guy got high and saw inside. So the rule books. The Bible, the Torah, the Quran, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are all written poorly of copies of the code that actually need to get into heaven or hell. And the rule books of the Bible and such like that are completely wrong and false because a lot of, well, not a lot, some things in those holy texts don't apply to previous generations before they were written. Which begs me the question, so before those religions were invented what about all the thousands of other people where did they go do they just stand in pur- purgatory forever
0: i don't know well that's okay so what is consciousness so is consciousness a part of your body is it something that after you die goes away like what happens exactly is you know, this is what that kind of leads to. Like, does your consciousness chip or whatever be just be put in the next simulation, download automatically, just go to the cloud? Like, what's going on here? I, I would
1: be very, like, if I'm Neo and I wake up in the Matrix and I realize my consciousness goes to the cloud, I might just jump off a roof. Like, that'd be so depressing of everything that makes me, me, is in a cloud, a streaming service that that would be morally breaking
0: isn't that uh isn't that kind of where we're headed though like with all of this you know our consciousness is just memory d- data sim- like if we are in a simulated world your consciousness could be downloaded
1: well our consciousness could be downloaded even if we're not in a simulated world it just depends on that's true but what the rules for our universe are well all right so two things 1. does each universe have its own religion rule book for tally points and i guess my second question would be well not really question but i see consciousness almost as the connector amongst dimensions if that makes sense so maybe that's why i guess i'm a little bit more favor of actually believing in heaven and hell where we have all these dimensions and maybe consciousness is the thing that's in between them hence like sleep where we can Dreamly impossible maybe that's just allowing us glimpses into other dimensions or things we can't see that inspire us or give us ideas or give us the, the insight of seeing heaven or hell so consciousness to me isn't in the normal four dimensions it might tie into the normal four dimensions but i think consciousness ties into other dimensions
0: yeah i can definitely see that
1: out of curiosity nick a what is your heaven And B, if you had to change to a different universe, what are some basic, three basic things that you'd want in that universe?
0: Okay, so, I don't know, my heaven would be probably just doing exactly what I'm doing now, but my work would be less stressful, I'd have more time off to go fishing, and uh, yeah, I'd have pretty much, I'd work less and fish more. And there'd be like self-driving cars so I could just like wake up or fall asleep and wake up at my friend's house no matter where they are in the country. That's about it. It's a nice
1: dream, but you have infinite power here, Nick, and you choose less work, more fishing? Yes. Oh, I wish I, I, you can't see my face right now, but imagine a parent looking at a child disappointed. Oh, you, you probably are quite familiar with that face, Nick. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I mean, it's not bad. If I had infinite power, it's not what I would do. But, you know, each their own. This is America. Closest thing we'll get to heaven on Earth, I guess.
0: I See? Can't ask for much else. He's already born in the best country on Earth.
1: All right. What about universe, though? Different universe. Because don't forget, you can hop in into any favorite TV show, cause any favorite book. You can change physics. You can change any rule you can change every aspect
0: not a good answer but i want to fly an x-wing <laughs> that's about it uh i want to go to a universe in a galaxy far far away that's also a long time ago but somehow in the future does
1: it have two suns?
0: oh i don't want to live on tatooine <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh where would you want to... oh, no that's way off topic that's right after it
0: all right that's that's I don't know. I mean, there's nothing. I'm not like, damn, these laws of physics always getting in my way. Actually, I do say that a lot.
1: (laughs) When you're cutting down trees going, god damn it, physics.
0: Kind of, yeah. So there's that. But yeah, so I guess in a reality where I could control gravity with my mind. So like
1: Bruce Almighty kind of thing?
0: I don't know. Or I, Mike, I could be a Jedi. There you go.
1: You... I I think we can change your heaven from fishing and less work to you being a Jedi.
0: Yeah, but not like but then you have to go around protecting the galaxy and that's not that doesn't leave enough time for fishing. See, all these these are all things that leave me less time to go fishing. So this is this is why my heaven is more time. Like it's I have pretty much everything I want. The only thing I don't have is time.
1: That I feel like is a lot of people's problems never enough time huh perhaps perhaps when we die and they say there's nothing because some people are cynics and say nothing happens after you die maybe no time happens after you die time stands still but we don't maybe well if the multiple universe theory is right there's an infinite amount of universes where that's true but maybe when we die we finally get full control of heaven and uh, not heaven fully control of time and that's how we find heaven or hell so those without i guess this is kind of star wars nick those who are incapable to wield the power use the power in anger they turn that power of time against them and makes it their own living hell if they use it for good and make themselves happy they make it heaven i guess sort of like the movie click with the tv remote
0: yeah that seems that seems too uh i don't think you could have that many people with that power that just seems like it would mess up everything
1: well if the multi universe theory is correct maybe in if amount of universes where we all split into our own universe not everyone has to share the same power
0: it's- so this is essentially we're training to become gods where after this we would learn the value of time and then become then con- control the actual time is what you're saying once we die
1: i mean based on the technology we have now and what we're capable to do for say in a video game or an ant farm i think god is just depending on what scale you're on
0: no that's definitely true
1: but we would make terrible gods my friend but it's tough to be a god no so el dorado no
0: no didn't get it so just went over my head um well i think right that's why God isn't a human. Humans don't wouldn't make good gods. God's completely different from humanity.
1: How do we know? And there's different models universes where you're wrong and right. So, so what, what's the point, Nick? We never got into it like with if time we don't understand. So time can technically move forward and backwards, but we can't perceive it that way and I I don't know time. I'm trying to learn time. Time physics make hurt my brain. But If we live in a simulation, or if there's multi-universe theory, or if there is heaven and hell, or something else, what's the point of staying on this celestial plane? What's the point of
0: living? So, what's the meaning of life?
1: Yeah, I guess we'll save that one. Well, we could talk about that. No, we'll save that one for another podcast.
0: But, okay, so, even if this is, like, a simulation, it doesn't change the day-to-day for us, and doesn't mean you can't be you can't make history. I, again, it doesn't why do we do what we do? I guess why do we survive? You know, to have fun, I guess. You know, pass on your genetics. We're made that way. I mean, maybe because it's in our base code. That's how we evolved to have a drive to reproduce. So at the base level, that's the human meaning of life is to reproduce. I would say.
1: Well, to answer your thing about history, if we're in a simulation and someone can just turn us off and control-alt-delete, then history means nothing.
0: Does to you, though.
1: Nick, This is, that's I'll save that for when we do What is the Meaning of Life, and it's might be 42, ladies and gentlemen. But, Nick, I can't see multiverse...
0: What if we are the simulation the computer and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was running?
1: I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I, that a really good novel and a pretty good book so i'm okay with that i nick i have to say though all these theories they don't really turn out too well for humanity they all are kind of depressing
0: yeah so i have my own not i don't know it's not a theory but so humans yes yeah, so we could be this could be a humanoid running an ancestor simulation to figure out you know who uh where we future humanoids came from in the past to see how we evolved different mutations different effects they have stuff like that or this could be like you said a video game what if this is just like a giant game of risk think about how uh you know how a risk board is set up right you have these different people what if it's all different um like it's just a simulated risk game we're just the pawns and that's why humans are so aggressive towards outsiders because we're Just pieces on a board trying to fight each other. Oh,
1: completely agree. Uh, The video game that comes, or game that comes to my mind, is Sims. The Sim Simulator. Okay. Which is kind of a replication of the game of life. Of you choose kind of what they look like and, you know, their personality. And then you let them run around. They find their own jobs, find their own mates. And, you know, they follow certain paths. And if you change up the house... Based to have certain things, or you make something that's more popular, or chances of them buying it. And then, yeah. So it's, we could unfortunately all be, like you said, Nick, pawns. We could all be a pawns upon a board, which we move around, we think with our own free will, but sadly, it's just what our code and our nature. It's our nature to do what we have been programmed to do, which is a very interesting, powerful statement, I would say. We It's in our nature to do what we
0: are programmed to do. Something so warm could be so cold. But do you think we're programmed to, I mean, I guess, fuck or fight? Like <laughs> seems like we're programmed to reproduce and fight, so... Uh, yeah. Well, if it's between those two, we're about to fight.
1: No, I, I agree with you, Nick. We are bred, designed, and developed to fuck, fight, and survive. With those three basic codes, those three basic lines of code... We got to, we are now in humanity's point. And I imagine multiple species with the same code have gotten to their point too. Just, we just had more odds, statistics, just sure happenstance and Eureka, here we are now.
0: Yep. Yeah. And something, you know, with simula- simulation hypothesis that I thought was interesting is that the researchers were trying to prove it. They said they're trying to prove the rules of the game by, you know, examining everything that goes on in our universe. but They're still doing the same thing they were doing before, right? But now we're just referring to our universe as a game. So like I said, this really doesn't change really anything for me personally. And I don't think it really changes anything for other people. I think this is exactly like the, like we mentioned earlier, I think, the South Park, where they're fighting over whose science is better. So you have, maybe not in the multiverse, but for simulation and just our world of religion, you have... Two people fighting over intelligent creator, where both of them think that there is a creator and there's something that happens, you know, before and after this, but vehemently against each other.
1: Yeah. It, at the end of the day, you are right, Nick. It would not make a difference of whether we are or not, or we are in a simulation. But I still want to know.
0: Yep. So, okay. Okay. We might have to end it because I'm about to say ridiculous things. I only know of one person who knows everything that goes or two people who knows everything that goes on in our universe. One god, two Santa.
1: I thought you're going to make a wife joke there to be honest with you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, I mean, it could be with this simulation theory, no one knows everything. Even the person who created it is just watching this experiment to see what happens. They might know the variables, but not know the outcome. So maybe there is no all-knowing creature. Maybe in the beginning there was, when there was less variables, less moving pieces. But you forgot the Easter Bunny, there, Nick.
0: The Easter Easter Bunny hides eggs. Doesn't know everything that happens to everybody. He's not watching you when you sleep.
1: <laughs> I was just making some dumb joke about it. Just yeah, sorry. That was a terrible joke, gentlemen. That was a terrible joke. I uh, I apologize. But, hey, in an infinite amount of universes, I'm a funny person.
0: Maybe like three universes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Nick, in an infinite amount of universes, you like puns.
0: Yeah. This is just exemplifying exactly how many universes there are if there's an infinite amount where I'm a fan of puns. (laughs) So I didn't... Did you come across... Actually, we already kind of covered this in Dreams about simulation and multiverse of that we people when they dream that that's actually the reality and that's us waking up from the simulation or looking at a different multiverse. And when we wake up, we come back to our universe or simulation.
1: Yeah. We talked about it in dreams and we talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast, a little bit Um, just to alliterate with someone like what Nick just said. I disagree with that statement because for those who didn't listen to the, the dreams podcast, I highly recommend go check it out. To me, not be able to see yourself in a mirror, not be able to create new faces, I I don't think that's the. I think if that was the real universe, you'd be able to see yourself. Of course, if you saw yourself, it might be able. It might break your mental state, but not to see faces you haven't seen in the real world. It seems like that should be possible. So I understand where that idea is coming from, but for some reason, it just doesn't seem right to me. It seems like if anything, dreams a perhaps into a different dimension, maybe on that point we can find mutual ground of, yes, it's a reality, but not the reality. What about you, Nick? What's your opinion upon it?
0: So think about, um, like, the Matrix, kind of. So in the future, when we, our technology is able to create a simulation like this, we'll be able to be in a suit that hooks up to our mind and mimics everything that we feel and everything you know that we taste and eat is just signals sent to the brain and then this is our way of escaping that reality is what some people think i don't know if i believe it i mean i've i i do not really believe it but i think it's an interesting thought it is an interesting thought and i would have to say nick if
1: if given the red pill or blue pill i think you would take the blue pill
0: mm, i i don't think so do you remember what the blue pill is Going back into the Matrix.
1: Yep. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I was hoping you haven't seen that movie in a long time. You remember which one's which. No, I... Again, ignorance is bliss, and it... Perhaps heaven is here on Earth. We just need to make it. Just to sound like a little bit like a hippie, but maybe it's better we don't know. Maybe this is a question we forever ponder, talk about, investigate, but we never find. That may be the best solution for... All possibilities, whether it be simulation theory, multiverse theory, heaven or hell. We just never know.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And then we, spoiler alert, you're not going to figure out which one's real listening to this podcast. Sorry.
1: Wait, Nick, you're telling me that two drunken guys around a bonfire aren't going to explain how the universe fundamentally works with no math, no science, no nothing?
0: Yes. But we will tell you what we're reading. Ooh.
1: But before we get into the reading, I just want to say for anyone listening who want to give us their thoughts, opinions, their ideas or maybe a different theory that is similar that we missed, please tell us. And Nick, where can they tell us?
0: You can find us on Instagram. Can they find us on Twitter? You cannot find us on Twitter as it is even more so than usual a dumpster fire. <laughs>
1: Uh, But to answer your question, Nick, I am still currently reading uh, Tupac's poems. I've, um, I don't know. Some of them, uh, getting deeper into the book, kind of seem repetitive. Well, not repetitive, but quite along a similar theme. And there's no large variance. Maybe, Maybe I'm not the target audience for this book, but some of them, again, some of them I like, some of them I don't. What about you, Nick? What
0: are you reading? Um pretty much done but well i'll just say the uh i'm reading the simulation hypothesis by rizwan Verk and it's pretty good it's can explain the simulation hypothesis to me and a lot of other people for how smart the guy is so listen to his interviews and stuff he can uh make it so dum-dums can understand it well it sounds like i definitely need to read that book um out of curiosity though what is the common theme in the tupac book
1: um I guess kind of like a uh, a rose that grew up in pavement, so to speak. You know how you usually see like a, like a dandelion growing through cement. It's kind of like um, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the best way I can describe it is describing poetry through poetry of seeing of a rose growing through the cement. Gotcha. Well, I hope we didn't confuse or piss off too many people. And again, I am very curious about people's thoughts and opinions on this and. Please check us out, again, on Instagram, YouTube, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as always, thank you for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.